0: My name is Carol Held, and I own Brewer's Hotel and Bar on Liberty Avenue.
1: Before we started recording, you were saying that Brewer's has a lot of history that a lot of people don't know about. Could you elaborate on that and just some of the early history of your bar?
0: So don't really know too much because back then when my dad, you know, owned the bar and we were growing up, I think I was maybe in ninth grade, 10th grade, something like that. So we kind of Weren't told, like, about that or anything. But just from owning the bar from 2010 till now that I've owned it, I've heard so many stories and so many things of what my dad has done at that bar. And it's amazing. He's helped so many people that were sick with AIDS back in the 80s whose families threw them out, didn't want them because they had AIDS, and they had nowhere to go. So he literally gave them a room upstairs of our bar, and they... (laughs) He fed them, paid for their medicine because they couldn't work. They were extremely sick. And in some cases, I found out during COVID that he buried some people.
1: I know you said you don't know much about, like, the early history, but do you know why the bar was created or, I guess, when it was created?
0: Back in 1981. Mm -hmm. That's when my dad purchased it and made it. I'm I'm not even sure if it was called Brewers back then, but, I mean, it's been Brewers for 40-some years now, so...
1: Do you have any significant memories from the early days of the business, like when you were in ninth grade, I believe you said?
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, not not really. I just knew that, like, it was off, off limits back then to us. We weren't, you know, we weren't allowed to go down there. We weren't allowed to pretty much know anything really what was happening down there um, just because I guess that's just the way it was back then. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, things are different now. I mean, when I took over, my... F- I mean, I'm a grandma, and my kids know about brewers, and my grandkids know about brewers, and and what it is, and and I will never hide the fact of what we do, <laughs> mm-hmm. because we help and we make a lot of people feel safe. So,
1: was the bar originally opened as a queer space, or did it kind of become that after um, AIDS patients were living there?
0: It was always always a, a queer space. So that that I know it was as far as back as when he purchased it, if it was then I'm not quite sure about that, so
1: I know you were addressing this when you were answering that question, but when your father owned Brewers, he rented out its rooms to people with AIDS
0: well, it really wasn't it wasn't just people with AIDS, it was really anybody that just needed a break in life, and the rooms were super cheap. I think they might have been back then. he was charging like thirty five dollars a week to stay there. I mean, he would get people. I mean, a lot of people that mainly were gay then that just didn't have anywhere to go. They were just all coming out and families just didn't want them. I mean, after they found out they came out, they would literally tell them to get out of their house. They, you know, they weren't wanted in the family. These people had nowhere to go. So they always heard that, hey, you can go to Brewers. And that's how it started. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's that's such a tragic thing, but it's wonderful that they had a space there that they could go to. Before we started recording again, you mentioned that he received a lot of backlash for allowing people with AIDS to live there. Can you, is um,
0: so people? Yeah, so um, in in one article that I was uh, telling you about, like there were people that would say to say to him like, "Aren't you afraid?" And he would say, "Afraid of what?" You know, and they said, "Afraid to get AIDS," you know, and. In this article, he clearly states, like, people are just so uneducated to know the fact that you don't catch AIDS that way, you know. And even in today, where we're at right now, I still have catch problems from family members, friends, because of what I do, what my living is, and what I do. I've lost friends. I've lost family over it, and... I mean, that's that's their choice. Everybody has a choice in this world, and you can you can choose to not be my part of my family. You can choose not to be my friend, but that's my business, and and this is what I do, and I'm not going to change that. <laughs> I mean, they're these people, you know, in in this community. They're basically, I mean, they don't have nothing to do with. I mean, if they don't have anything to do with your life, why, what do you care? What they do and with their life, who they love, who they want to be with, what does it matter to you? It just shouldn't just shouldn't matter. so
1: does does your bar continue to rent out rooms? We do. Them? Obviously, you don't have to go into specifics, but is it still
0: like sick no. people or no, anything? no, no there's so much there's so much to help now for you know aids and and medicine that that the time yeah, our our technology has done wonders for these for them, and mm-hmm. which is wonderful. So, no, I have a different <laughs> different breed upstairs. Um, I, d- I deal with a lot of people that have, you know, been incarcerated, and they're getting pretty much a second chance, and, you know, you mess up, you mess up. I mean, I'm trying to give you a chance. I'm trying to get you straight, and some learn from it, and some don't. Some go back to being bad. And nothing I can do about that. I try.
1: <laughs> Is there anything different about your work in this modern queer movement compared to your father's work in the 80s and 90s?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, technology, just where we're at now compared to where we were back in the 80s. I mean, just from what I know, I mean, we've, I think, has been, we've grown mountains. I mean, it's done wonders for so many things. Medicine for, you know, people that have AIDS, They, they can live good lives. And you know, still have AIDS. Back then, they couldn't. You know, they were sick. They died. They, they got AIDS. They they didn't live more than maybe a year or two after they were diagnosed with it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a big difference. I mean, I might not be doing the same thing that my dad was doing back then, but I do other things now in the community. I do a Christmas drive every year and it's grown. We're in our fifth year. What I do with that is I started back when I had a uh, guy was living upstairs, and I had given him a gift for Christmas one year. He does done a lot of things for me, you know, here and there and stuff. So I gave him a little gift. That wasn't even much, you know, just a nice little gesture to say, "Hey, thanks," you know. And he, as I, you know, dropped. I uh, we also have uh, on Christmas we do uh, dinner, Christmas dinner at the bar. It's a home cooked meal for anybody that doesn't have anywhere to go. We do it for every holiday, Thanksgiving. Christmas, New Year's Day, Easter, every, every holiday, we have a meal. So I was dropping off Christmas uh, dinner down there, and, and I had called him. He came down and got his gift, and then I was on my way home, and he had called me and said, I'm I'm sorry I didn't respond, like, like grateful or not. And he's like, but I haven't received a gift in over 18 years. He said, I don't know what I was more excited about, to get a gift or to open it. And after I hung up with him, I cried the rest of my drive home because I thought, Nobody in today's society should ever be like that, should never, ever at Christmas not have a gift open. I don't care how small it is, you should have a gift open. So I started this with just creating something on Facebook and reached out to my straight friends and said, hey, you know, while you guys are Christmas shopping this year, if you could pick up a little gift, you know, I'm going to do something at my bar where, you know, unfortunately, I said, Christmas Day, I'm crowded. I don't want to be crowded on Christmas Day. I shouldn't be crowded on Christmas Day. I mean, everybody should be with their families, but still, here we are in 2023, and I have a bar full of people because they have nowhere to go on Christmas. So they come in, they get a meal. We have we put up beautiful Christmas decorations. We try and make things feel like home. So I started the Christmas gift fund, and you can go to the Christmas tree and pick a gift, so that everybody has a gift open on Christmas. Let me just tell you that our first year that we started the drive, I received 86 Christmas gifts. Last year, I received over 500. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so, like, this year, it's just, we're trying to just, we're trying to double what we did last year. So, instead of 500 gifts this year, I want to do 1,000, and I want to be able to, we donated last year to every of the gay bars I dropped off 85 Christmas gifts to all the gay bars, and then the rest of the gifts stayed at Brewers. This year, I would like to be able to do that, and I'm trying to work with an organization, the U U Wellness. They have homes where young youth are at who they have their foster, and they live sometimes off, they get them off the street. They're kids, and they're in foster, and they're, they're gay, and they can't, they have nobody. So, my goal is to be able to help them this year now also. So that's where we're headed, and we're we're striving. We have different groups in, in the gay community that hold funds, you know, hold things for us every year. We just had something on Saturday. A group came in. They said, bring a gift or donate money, and you can win this basket. And I think they raised over close to $300 for Christmas gifts for the drive. Not only that, after the 300 but I had people in the bar that were literally coming out and handing me like $50, $50, $20. You know, oh, I love what you're doing, you know, and, and just giving me money. So I made probably another close to $200 more for the Christmas drive. So it, it's it's been like super wonderful. And like I said, I reach out every year to friends. I have a, a guy that I went to high school with, haven't seen in forever, but yet he donates every single year. He sends me a check. Uh, for the Christmas drive. So it's phenomenal right now. Someone had asked me, where where do you want to see this go? And I said, as far as it can go, because there's a little gay bar in every city in America. And if I can take it to every place, that's what I'm striving for. So that's our goal.
1: (laughs) That's so beautiful and ties into my next question. I originally found your business through an article about I believe it was your thanksgiving meal drive thing mm-hmm. and i know that you said that that was like an annual thing uh how mm-hmm. many meals do you do you know that you give
2: out
0: we don't necessarily give them out we we did that on um COVID. we had to, we find a way to you know give out meals and that was to put them in containers and have people come and pick them up but typically you can come to the bar and literally just come in and there's a table set up with all kinds of food, uh dessert table, food, and you just help yourself. Mm-hmm. So
1: are those events usually very crowded?
0: Mm, I mean, this Thanksgiving we were we were pretty, you know, yeah. Christmas will will be packed. I mean, it's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. What do you think is the most or at least one of the most important issues for queer health or safety today it doesn't have to be just like a medical thing i know you were saying before you had like actual safety concerns at your bar um Hmm. if you wanted to address that at all
0: so yeah um i mean my number one goal and and i tell everybody is that at brewers you come in if you don't feel safe leaving Come and get one of us. We'll walk you to your car. We oh, safety is our number one concern. I mean, we have security at our door. We have security that walks around, and my husband and I are there pretty much every weekend until two o'clock. And we both we both watch for every every little move that somebody's doing. Um, so we we always make sure that everybody safety is like I said our number one concern. And we did get a phone call that was. Pretty threatening a couple weeks ago, and um, I called the police, and police had to get involved, and the police actually had to get the FBI involved because it was that bad of a phone call. So it's taken care of, and we're safe, and FBI handled everything for us. So that's just our number one goal is, is safety in our community. So because you just never know. I mean, literally, when when a police officer came came there to listen to the message that this gentleman left on our phone you know he looked at me and I looked at him and I said the first thing that I thought of was Orlando because the guy had used threatening things of you know a gun and all kinds of stuff so like that was the first thing that came to my head and I'm sure that comes in everybody's head when they go out anywhere you know so it's just safety is is my concern in my place so. That's
1: so unfortunate but I'm I'm very glad that it's taken care of. Um, we've been addressing this sort of throughout the whole interview, but what is Brewers doing now to support the queer community?
0: Pretty much anything anything that we can. I do pretty much anything that I can do for the community. Sponsor the softball team. Um, the softball league actually has their uh, shed on my property. What else do we do? I mean... We we do a lot. I, I can't even think of all the things we do. Do, but I mean, we we host like um, the leather group, the leather guys. They come the, uh, to our place now. We're now their home bar. The pups. They have a group called the puppies, and um, they come. Actually, we're their home bar now also. And like I said, and our Christmas drive. Our Christmas drive is our our biggest thing right now. What we're known for is you know people know that at Christmas this is what Brewers does. So. Pretty great to know that that's what we're known for at that point, you know. So the Christmas drive is in honor of my dad. It's called the Andy Osner Christmas drive. So, First on that follow-up, I love that the holiday drive,
2: the gift drive, is in honor of your dad. Is there anything else that you do at the bar that is in honor of his memory or just kind
0: of to keep his memory and values alive? Everything. I do everything in honor of him. You know, I keep that bar striving in honor of him. That's just so beautiful. I just want
2: to, I think that's really wonderful. And I also wanted to ask about the COVID-19 pandemic and delivering meals, handing out meals rather than being able to welcome people in. And I was just curious, I know that they're not really comparable pandemics, AIDS and and the COVID pandemic, but COVID did cause a lot of like lack of community spaces. Obviously so many community spaces had to close. Did you find any challenges or do you feel really compelled during that time to continue to keep up a sense of community despite not being able to welcome the space
0: the same way? Well, I mean, we figured we had an, a niche during COVID. I do drag shows. So my drag queens, I want to say 80% of them, that's all they do. And so when we were shut down, they had no work. And they couldn't go and get unemployment because there's a, you get paid cash. So when COVID hit, they they... I believe, were hit probably the hardest out of anybody. And so they had come to me, a couple of them, and they said, you know, what can we do when we open back up? Like, they were doing, like, research, and they says, we researched there's a place in Ohio, and they're doing a, something called Dragon Dine. And, you know, because we had to serve food, and you had to sit down, and they had there was so many stipulations that as a bar you had to follow. And so we followed every single one of them, and We found a niche, and it worked. I mean, we did a drag show, and they got a choice of pizza and chips or hot dog and chip. And they would have to, like, reserve space, so they paid for their ticket on Eventbrite. And we were literally sold out every single week for probably the whole time that we were allowed to be open until, you know, till hours went back to being the same. And our shows were the number one. We were, like, rated, I think, number one or two of the things to do in Pittsburgh during that time. So, I mean, it got them working. And even they, we all used safety. They had, they find masks on, uh, Amazon, you know, cause they're dancing. You know, So they needed, you know, but they needed protection also. So they find like a, a mask that they use that they put on, you know, some had them, they like come over their face and, uh, it worked. We we found a niche, and and uh, I want to say like we were the only bar in Pittsburgh that found that niche to be able to do that, and we strived, and it was great. So, yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah, I know that that was a really
2: tough time for so many businesses. So it's so nice to hear that, both for the community and for the business, you're able to, to strive through it. That's mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it it was it was pretty yeah uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty successful. And actually, KDKA did an interview on me and uh, they came Christmas Day because they heard about the Christmas drive, but we were still remaining to do it because I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let COVID deter what we started here, you know, because so many people still need help and so many people still are sad every Christmas. And, you know, and so I'm like, and and, and during COVID, it was even worse, you know, so it was like, I couldn't stop what I had already started and. So many people needed it at that time also. So to get a hat or gloves or, you know, whatever people put in bags, because I don't know. I tell a lot of people, if you can wrap them before you drop them off, that's great. Because if not, I'm wrapping gifts and I'm, you know, I have a family also and I'm wrapping gifts. I'm you know, it's just, it pushes it too much to the limit for me. So I tell everybody, please wrap them or stick them in a gift bag or whatever you can do, you know, to help me out. So... A lot of times I don't know what those gifts are, you know, unless unless people open them up in front of me, you know. But I know that if they get a blanket, they're thrilled. You know, they open it up and they're so happy, so happy. You know, I had that Christmas after COVID. um, I actually got probably about, I think, 250 gifts that year. And I actually went that night. It was Christmas night. I went to uh, the two other bars in the area and actually went in with, like, a garbage bag full of gifts. I went in, and, you know, I know the owners, and said, can I hand out some gifts? And they were like, sure, you know, and I'll never forget this one. He was at the Blue Moon, and it was him and his partner sitting there, and they, they took a gift. He opened it, and uh, I thought he was going to cry. I mean, at one point, you know, he had, like, tears in his eyes, and he opened his gift, and He had literally gotten, like, a kit that men can take care of, like a grooming kit, you know, that had, like, stuff in there for their fingernails and and all that. And uh, he was so happy with it. And he literally got up, and he had tears in his eyes at that point. And he said, can I give you a hug? And I said, absolutely, you know. So he hugged me. I hugged him. And he, he literally started to cry, and he said, thank you. Thank you for this, you know. He's like, it means so much, you know. And to me, I will never forget that. That's what keeps me going every Christmas is that guy. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
1: Your work is just so incredible. Is I know you mentioned there's a lot of people that donate gifts. Is there any other way to support brewers, and where can people go to donate gifts there?
0: So basically, um, if you would, if you want to donate a gift, we just tell you you can drop it off at the bar anytime that we're open, or make private arrangements with me. I've drove to meet people all over. I've went to North Hills, Wexford, Cranberry to meet people just to pick up Christmas gifts. So I will do whatever I can to get a gift so that I can bring it and have it for the people at the bar. So just, you know, reach out, come on go onto the bar Brewers Bar's website and just message the bar and we'll give you the hours or we'll tell you when that we'll be there or if you need me to pick it up, I can pick it up. I can make arrangements. So are
1: there, besides just like the gift drive, are there any other ways that people can support your business?
0: Come. Just, that's all we ask is just stop in, see us, have a drink, you know. We just opened up about a month ago. We built a a nightclub downstairs. So we literally have three floors now of entertainment. Our bottom basement, basement floor, subfloor is where the dancing is. It's a nightclub. The second floor is our basement, and that is another bar area that we built. And then we have the original bar area where that's where we do drag shows and any anything else. Uh, mainly shows are upstairs, and dancing will be downstairs.